Welcome to the Family Framework Podcast. We believe that when families win, we all win. Each episode of this podcast is full of interviews and conversations to help families move from being reactive to intentional. Here are your hosts, Kurt Brodbeck and Patrice Smith. So welcome to the Family Framework Podcast. My name is Patrice Smith, and I am here with Mr. Kurt Broadbeck, and we have another great topic for you guys today. So we're going to be talking all about coaching. So Kurt, tell me this. Remind us of of a favorite coach that you had growing up. Oh, favorite coach, favorite coach. Well, so... So man, for me, I, I always wanted to be an incredible athlete, yeah. and uh, and then God blessed me with puberty as like a junior in high school. So so Stop. so let's just say, um, you know, when you were when you were five two as a sophomore, and yeah. your dreams were to be the greatest varsity basketball player okay. ever. Um, your dreams this. did not quite get realized. So, so I did. I did make the varsity basketball team. Awesome. Finally, as a senior. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so you so, were so, JV. So, so, all the way. so not quite the athlete that you know. Some people look at me and they're like, "Man, you look pretty athletic." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that happened when I was like 25." Yeah. Um, so, so the the high school, but but so for me, you know, I had my varsity basketball coach was he's kind of a I would call him a legend in the state of Ohio and in, in basketball. He 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 led uh, my brother who was a great basketball player nice. to, to, uh, the state finals. And, and, um, he's one of the, he's the winningest coach in our little school's history. But, but for me, it was my JV coach. Okay. Um, probably because I spent the most time with him, but also because of his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also led our fellowship of Christian athletes club at the school. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, uh, um, and he's now the varsity coach. Um, but, but he, uh, coach Frank, he, he would, he made practice fun. Nice. But I but I always respected him because he always pushed us. Yeah. Like he didn't just let us be. Mm-hmm. Um, he pushed us to be, uh, you know, the best that we could be as athletes mm-hmm. and really to form us into a team that was going in the same direction. Yeah. I had another coach. Um, I, so I set a, a record, a basketball record in high school. Okay. Look at you. I know. Okay. I was, I was the first uh, freshman on the first freshman team of my high school to ever go on a winless season. We look lost every you. single game. Yeah, we, Stop, we did not win a single game. Let's that not entire celebrate year. that. Okay. <laughs> and so the difference of that coaching, right? Yeah. So that coaching, which, uh, again, he was a great guy, mm-hmm. um, but winning was not the focus and team was not the focus. It didn't okay. feel like, it felt like, you know, we, we weren't, he wasn't looking to put the parts of the team that were going to operate the best together. Mm-hmm. And in the end, sure, we had a fun season, but we didn't win a single game. Man, Contrast that. So as a freshman, three years later, that same group of people as seniors on the varsity level, mm-hmm. and, and we win 14 of our 20 games, mm. right? Wow. Because coaching drove us yeah. to become a team. Yeah. Also, I grew seven inches, wow. and the rest of our team turned into a little bit more mature adults. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, but as we think about how coaching matters to mm-hmm. get the most of our team, I'm I'm so excited about today's podcast because yeah. today uh, we're going to interview who uh, is one of the best basketball coaches in the state of Indiana. And yeah. you know this, Patrice. In 49 states, it's just basketball. Come on, you already but know. This is Indiana. <laughs> That's right. And so. I'm excited because Coach Ryan Osborne of the Carmel Greyhounds is joining Micah on the podcast for an interview. And and here's why this matters for the Family Framework podcast. 
your role as a parent, it changes throughout the life of your child. At least it should. Because if, you, if you're changing your role as your child changes, I believe we get the most out of our kids and we build the best relationship with them. So, That's right. So what we mean by that is, is like when your child is like zero to three years old, your role as a parent is you're the protector. Your job mm-hmm. is just to keep them from, from getting hurt. Don't stick right. your finger in that light socket. Yeah. Don't jump off. I have a two-year-old at home right now. And it is like we, we, we had a good amount of blood on the ground the other day. Oh, no. Um, well, it, it, it's, it's okay. I mean, no stitches okay. required, but head injuries, All right. they Thank certainly you, Jesus. bleed. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, uh, but but our goal as parents is just to keep him safe, right? That's right. But eventually, we can't just be a protector because our kids, they need us to be the teacher. So as right. they kind of get off past that three-year-old and they start moving through through elementary school, maybe up to fourth grade, our goal, they think black and white, our goal is to teach them right and wrong. And who's the main teacher, yeah. mom and dad? Yeah. And if... If we get to that point, then then they start to think on their own. Life mm-hmm. becomes gray as they get into middle school and on into high school. And and if we are just telling them right and wrong and basically telling them exactly what they need to do, when they need to do it, how they need to do it, if mm-hmm. all we do is teach, 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 and never let them have freedom, right? they begin to resent us. Mm-hmm. Because they're desiring the ability to make decisions on their own. So our role has to switch, and that's what we're talking about today, from teaching to coaching. That's right. And when you coach, you certainly set the plays. You certainly teach the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. But you have to let your player execute it on the court, on the field. And when they mess up, you pull them off. Right. Right? But if you're out there... You know, you, mm-hmm. you watch youth soccer where the coach gets to be on the field and just runs around after the kids telling them where they go. They don't think for themselves. Those kids aren't really learning right. or they're, they're learning, but they're not really getting to play the game by themselves. And so today right. I'm super excited because uh, Coach Osborne is is one of the best coaches. So let's listen in as Micah and Coach Osborne talk about the importance of coaching and parenting. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you're here today. Uh, My name is Micah, and I have the privilege and the honor of interviewing um, just an incredible, incredible guy, an incredible coach, Mr. Ryan Osborne, who is the head coach at Carmel High School here um, in Carmel, Indiana. And uh, coach, how long have you been at Carmel? Uh, Going into my 10th year. Okay. Uh, So just want to thank you. Thanks for having me. get opportunities like this it, it, it's it's always a fun experience and I think as you uh, try to learn more about us or what we do uh, at the same time I'm learning about myself because I get to talk about it yeah so I appreciate it absolutely man well, we're so so glad to have you and today uh, we are talking about the intersection of coaching and parenting and uh, so you've got kids how many do. kids do you have? I do. Uh, we have two girls. Okay. Uh, one girl is at the high school, Ryan, uh, sophomore, uh, turned 15 in, in May. Uh, and then another daughter uh, in fifth grade at, at Mohawk, uh, Griffin, uh, turned 10 in June. That's awesome. So, That's yeah, cool. it's uh, full of full of girls at home and yeah. a lot of loud and uh, fighting over bathrooms and <laughs> showers and, and all that kind of fun stuff. That's awesome. I love it. Well, you know, you had said that uh, you've been at Carmel for uh, a decade now, and um, you've been coaching, I assume, for longer than that, right? Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that today. Uh, I started coaching when I was 19. Wow. Uh, so I've been coaching for 21 years. Wow. Uh, which is amazing to me uh, to think about the, the first day. 
the first practice, actually, a uh, guy that was my assistant last year, J.R. Howe, mm-hmm. now the head coach at Zionsville, yeah. uh, was one of my first players as a middle school basketball coach at Brownsburg uh, wow. Middle School, ju- uh, junior high at the time. Uh, so it's, it's crazy to think back. I, I coached middle school basketball there. I coached uh, middle school baseball, uh, coached middle school track, uh, and then from there um, moved on and was an assistant at IUPUI and, uh, for a few years and, and then got my first high school job at Avon. I was an assistant at Carmel and then uh, stayed long enough uh, to, to have an opportunity. So going into my fourth year as a head coach. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I would love for you to just describe as we set up this conversation about the intersection between coaching and parenting. Um, every coach has an identity, right? Mm-hmm. Just as every parent and every family unit has mm-hmm. an identity. And so uh, maybe just share a little bit about your coaching philosophy, what you've built, uh, you know, the Carmel basketball team around, what you guys stand for, your values, sure. everything like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, the philosophy is, for me, it's it's ever-changing and it's ever-growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look at it more as uh, as I develop into a person or a better coach and my uh, opinion on things change or my experiences change. Um, ultimately, uh, we want to produce uh, hardworking uh, boys that uh, are prepared to take on the world hmm. um, and be successful. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we we don't we're not a, a program that has a written uh, written rules or a list of things that you have to do or anything like that. It's um, most importantly probably be a good person, uh, be a good student, be a good teammate, be a be a good friend, be a good son or brother or, or whatever that looks like. And um, anything that puts that thought into jeopardy goes against everything we believe in. Hmm. Um, so again, we, we don't have a bunch of rules. Uh, we just we represent our program in the right way, uh, do the right things. Um, as just like as a parent, if if we catch you uh, not doing the right things, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to correct right. it. Um, try to give them a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of a leash to figure things out. And um, ultimately, I, I think we're extremely blessed at Carmel to have unbelievable kids that want to do well. Um, they, they have super high expectations at home, uh, so they always want to please. They always want to succeed. They want to do the right thing. Um, and then our job at the high school just becomes to maybe navigate them in, in the right direction and correct them when they fall off track a little bit. Hmm. That's great. You know, so much of uh, building a successful team, which you have done on multiple occasions, is it starts with building a successful culture. Right. And you kind of alluded to that a little bit. You've got kids who who want to please, who want to be successful. And that obviously helps um, form the, the culture a little bit easier. But it still, you know, starts and stops with the coaching staff in terms of setting that culture sure. and then helping your team execute that. Talk a little bit about um, how you, you know, maybe some best practices for how you set the culture of your team and then maybe how that translates into how you set the culture of your home as well as a parent. It's a great question. Um, I, I think ultimately, uh, as as a head coach and as a coaching staff, uh, the understanding that it's not about me, it's not about the staff, it's not ever because I said so or because they said so. Uh, most importantly, because we think that's the things that we put into place are are, are what's going to make them better people or put them in a position to be successful. Um, so it's 
that sets the tone for allowing them just to kind of understand it's we're all in this together Hmm. Um, and and everybody's kind of trying to move in the same direction Um, and and I think if you look at it in 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 a different light where it is about me or it's because I said so um, mentality uh, it, it, there, be, there becomes maybe a, a back and forth on what's right or what's wrong, or you know what? I mean? It's more yeah. of, uh, well, I don't agree, or I don't want to do that, or um, I, resentment because I, he, the coach told me to do it this, whatever. Right. Um, I, I think we we set a culture where we do it, and the kids understand it. Uh, ultimately because that's what's in the best interest of the program, hmm. uh, and it becomes more of a selfless culture. Yeah. Uh, you're doing it for your teammates. You're doing it for your coaches because you want to and not because anybody told you to. Hmm. That's good. You know, you, you share about this selfless culture um, that you've built. Uh, a, a way that you uh, do that is by setting the example yourself and mm-hmm. living a selfless life yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I've gotten to know you a little bit personally and um, have been able to see you live that out. But talk to me a little bit about how you model that for your players. You know, I've played basketball at Indiana Wesleyan and uh, our, our coaches modeled their, our selfless mentality mm-hmm. by coming out to our 6 a.m. workouts mm-hmm. and doing junkyards <laughs> with us. You know what I mean? So it was kind of that yeah. that aspect yeah. of yeah. you can do this because right. we're doing it. Yeah. And we're not just going to coach you and yeah. command you to do yeah. something that we're not willing to do ourselves. Talk to me a little bit about what are you doing to model that for your players and for your kids at home? And what is the, um, what's so powerful about modeling that as an authoritative figure in a kid's life? It's funny you bring up the junkyard workouts because <laughs> that, that factored into our workouts uh, mm. a couple years ago. We did the junkyards and the coaching staff did it with the kids <laughs> yeah. based on uh, Coach Tonegal's whole philosophy at, at Indiana Wesleyan. And I thought that was really cool. We had it. That was 2019, we had a senior-led group that was all in, and mm. I just wanted them to feel like we were there with them, and this was an us thing, and mm. uh, I, I think they enjoyed it. I don't think the staff really loved it. <laughs> at, I mean, I'm 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 40. I'm at the the younger end. We've got a couple coaches that are up there a little bit more sure. in years and not not real limber and excited yeah. to jump over hurdles and that kind of stuff. But uh, to see everybody out there. Uh, set the stage, I think, that year um, and just kind of them understanding that we'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. It, this, this is about us. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and say there's not a time where uh, we're watching film and I get on some kids and, and holding those guys accountable to what our expectations are in the program because it's not uh, everything's all all sunflowers and, and rainbows. Sure. It's, it's not always like that. Uh, there are periods of accountability where you have to bring them back in and um, but but I think in the big picture, our guys understand it's it's us with them. It's not it's not all we've kind of, we've been through it. Uh, we know what it, what we know what we want to do or what we think uh, may help us be successful, uh, and we try try to draw the line where where that falls into play. Yeah. I guess that's great. Talk to me about how as a dad, how do you um, set that example in your own household with your daughters? Um, what are some ways that, um, you know, you may parent or maybe the standard that you hold them to mm-hmm. that as a dad, you're saying, but, but watch me first, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. What, and, and I think in the conversation we had a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. just, uh, about giving, giving your kids a, a little bit of freedom, 
uh, to go out and, and make mistakes and mm-hmm. uh, be there for them when they understand they made the mistake, but also hold them accountable to a consequence right. uh, because those are decisions they made. That We've gone through that season. I have a 15-year-old, and, and we've gone through some seasons that it's like, okay, here's your freedom, here's your flexibility, go try it out. That's right. Uh, you're going to fall right. uh, because you don't know where that boundary is yet. Uh, and we're going to hold you accountable. And, and we've had those those tough nights that every parent has had. Yeah. Um, and, and as a as a first time dad at that age and going through the experience for the first time, it can be gut wrenching. It can be <laughs> tough. Um, but but I think uh, living living life, uh, trying to model Jesus or try to be a better person or, or live more like him, our kids see that. Mm. Um, and, and I think they feel it, uh, in, in our, um, discipline, uh, mm. because it's not in your face. It's, it's not, it's, it's real life. Yeah. Um, you have to go out and test the waters and, uh, you have to be ready to, to face the consequences if they're wrong decisions made. Mm. That's really good. That's really good. Um, you know, we talked about how, um, you know, you're obviously coaching high school boys. And I, I think that we got a lot in common because, you know, I'm the high school pastor here at Northview. And so we get to, uh, we have the privilege of serving kind of the same demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Which are high yeah. school kids and high school kids are so unique, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, I call them uh, the unicorns of youth ministry here at church because uh, they are old enough to be responsible and to make mm-hmm. their own decisions, but they're young enough to where they're not even technically legal uh-huh. adults, right? right. And yeah. so you, they sit in this uh, weird tension um, of, you know... <laughs> awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I know that there's a lot of parents listening who who may have high schoolers, um, high school age kids, or may be, you know, that may be on the horizon a few years down the road. Talk to me a little bit about, and obviously you've got a 15-year-old, so you, you know it personally, but also too, just from coaching high school boys. Boys, um, you know, over the last twenty uh, years, like, mm-hmm. what have you, what have you noticed are some of the strengths, some of the things that they, um, when you unlock, you see them come to life, um, mm-hmm. and then what are some of the things that um, maybe when you tap into or you reach too far, they may shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think to go with the last one, uh, just expectations, and I mean, they, they can. I think as coaches, you try to push them. Uh, to their limit. You mm-hmm. want to get the most out of them. Uh, you tr- want to try to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you want want them to get the most out of whatever their potential is, whether that's leadership or uh, how hard they play or how smart uh, the decisions they make. Uh, you want to try to test them and challenge them in every way possible. And as a coach, you can, you can start to feel where those expectations uh, start to push the limit and go over the line and you see the kids back down a little bit. Mm. Uh, and, and they're all different. Uh, they all have different thresholds. And I think that's one of the coolest things about coaching is, is trying to under, understand your kids better because there are some kids that just as an example, uh, a, a junior that wants to be coached hard and pushed to the ultimate. Uh, but then you might have a senior that can't take the same type of coaching. So just trying to understand your kids a little bit better, uh, what makes them tick or what makes them go or what makes them their best. Um, We spend some time uh, individually with all of them. And that was one this, this uh, preseason just asked them um, one-on-one, what, what, what is it that you think you need 
for us to put you in the best position to be successful. Mm. Uh, whether that's pushing you harder or if there's a certain situation you're not comfortable with, uh, someone being there for you or something that you might need from your teammates, um, just that open communication um, yeah. that, that allows them to feel comfortable and in, in, uh, opening, opening up to maybe their um, uh, challenges. Mm. Um, so I, I, th- I think, and, and then the other side of that, of um, seeing them excel uh, in, in what that takes, uh, you, have to, you have to experiment as, yeah. as a coach sometimes because, uh, like on the other side, there are some things that work for some of them and, and some things that, that work for others, but they don't always coexist. Right. Uh, so uh, just experimenting with, with some of those guys and, um, you, you've, we've all been in a situation where we're like, man, that kid just took off, mm. uh, because that, that must be exactly what he needs. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that's encouragement. Um, sometimes that's, uh, you have a guy that, uh, just is, is super talented, but, uh, as he's grown up has not been held accountable to the highest degree. And, and, and when they feel that accountability and they're able to narrow their focus a little bit, it takes them to a different level uh, because they've always been able to just get by mm-hmm. on their own. Um, so you see different levels of it. And, and I think it, from a coaching standpoint and how you compare that to parenting, very similar. Kids are going to be different at home. Kids are going to be different on the floor. Um, trying to find what works best for each of them uh, while still trying to get your family to go in the same direction or trying to get your team to go in the same direction. And ultimately, uh, in both places, that's growth. Um, Try to get better and try to be better. Mm. So good. Can you repeat that question that you asked your players before the season? I I asked them, what is give me one thing that you think you need from us or a teammate Mm -hmm. Uh, that would put you in the best position to be successful. See, I think that's so key. And and parents, for you guys listening, especially if you have high schoolers, um, the intentionality behind that question, Mm -hmm. I think is so important, right? Because, um, and it it was, you know, not last week that I was in high school, you know, I mean, it was, it was just a few years ago. And I can remember like those intentional questions when my parents asked me that, Uh um, unlocked something inside of me that said, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're doing Mm -hmm. when you ask your players that question is you're instilling a belief inside of them that says, I want what's best for you. Mm -hmm. The onus is on you to communicate with me Mm -hmm. how I can get you to the level that you want to go. Right. And so parents, if you're listening, I just want to really encourage you. Like, um, it may not, it may not be phrased the exact same way, but asking your kids questions intentionally and putting ownership on them to open up to you about what they need could be a key to unlocking a new level of relationship and intimacy and trust uh, with you um, that maybe you haven't experienced before. So, uh, Coach, thanks for thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah. that's really really yeah, good. I appreciate it. Um, so let's, let's shift gears now. Um, you're a coach, obviously. We, you know, talking about the the intersection of coaching and parenting, and um, you know, uh, our family pastor, uh, Pastor Kurt Broadbeck, talks often about how, um, uh, as parents, uh, there's a journey that each parent goes mm-hmm. on, right? And so, uh, to start as a parent, you are a protector, um, and you're just trying to make sure that your kid is safe, that they don't harm themselves, that they don't do anything that's going to um, 
you know, cause any hurt or pain towards them. And then as they grow a little older, you become a teacher and you start to teach them the ways of life and you start to instruct them how to live life. And then as they get older, as they get into middle school and high school, um, which is exactly where you're at um, in your age range, you are then coaching, right? You are putting players or you are putting kids onto the floor. You're stepping away and you're saying, go execute. Mm -hmm. But they're not just going out there and playing ball. Mm -hmm. They're executing the plan that you have given them. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about, as a coach, um, what type of plans are you putting in place to make sure that your players are executing at the highest level? I think this is fascinating. Uh, just as a yeah, coach. From, a, from a basketball standpoint, I mean, you, you obviously have uh, expectations, offensive expectations, defensive expectations. Um, we, we have... Um, Defensive absolutes is what we call them, or offensive absolutes, uh, and the players know them. There's, I think there's seven on each side, um, and we get to the point where accountability is key. Like you, you lay the groundwork for them, like you said, or you give them the play, you, you give them the bottom line. This is, this is what's expected of you. Uh, you're going to go play this way. Uh, defensively for us, if, if you give up baseline, you're coming out. Mm-hmm. And and that's the non-negotiable. If you give up baseline, you're you're coming out. So we're in a game, and somebody drives baseline, the next dead ball. That guy's <laughs> coming to the side, and he knows he right. knows that he messed up. And um and and it, again, it's it's not about because I said so. It's it's because he understands we don't give up baseline because that's what's what the team is counting on me to do right now. Mm. Um, so it becomes not just because I said so, but in the big picture, this is what we need to do to be successful. And when one person allows that to break down, then it becomes more difficult for the other players or your teammates uh, to be successful. So uh, accountability, just putting, putting those um, expectations on them early and then holding them. Because as a coach, I think, uh, it could be really easy to lay the expectations, lay the groundwork, but then let the good players go play, yeah. gives up baseline, but then he keeps playing. And then he, you don't take him out until something else happens. And then he forgot sure. that he gave up baseline. And that mistake uh, isn't even relevant at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. So then your accountability kind of goes out the window. And are you really going to hold him to what you say? And, mm-hmm. and ultimately, they don't learn that it's that important for the sake of their teammates uh, because you're not holding them accountable anyway. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that, that's, we have guys that want to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and when you hold them accountable, um, they flourish. I mean, I, I think obviously you can't be so constricted in your beliefs or your expectations uh, that, that they can't play inside of them. Um, but you have bottom line, uh, non negotiable expectations and I would assume or I know at least at my house it's kind of the same way we we have a certain level of expectations that the girls have to follow and they know what they are Mm -hmm. Um, and and when they step outside of those then they they are held accountable and uh, they would probably say I'm a really really strict dad and I have a lot of rules and um, in in my mind I go back to what you were talking about with Kurt is uh, that they have to go they have to earn kind of that trust. They have to be able to go beyond that and, yeah. and, uh, and make mistakes. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second, because this is fascinating as a former ball player. Like I understand this, this, uh, dynamic that it, let's just take, for instance, a, a kid that you have on your team mm-hmm. who, uh, had a really, really good game mm-hmm. on the biggest stage his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. everyone was talking mm-hmm. about. Oh, it's great. Well, that doesn't necessarily equate to the level of trust that you had with him mm-hmm. compared to now, right? Now right. he's a junior, yep. right? 
Yep. And and so talk about just the the consistency piece of when mm-hmm. uh, you routinely show up as a coach in a relationship with your uh, your player, and then as a parent when you routinely show up with uh, in a relationship with your kid, and they repeatedly over and over again do the right thing. Talk about the trust that is built to allow mm-hmm. him to play through mistakes, yeah. right? Because yeah, the, the level that you're allowing him to play yep. to this year doesn't even compare to the level you were letting him play to his freshman year. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, the the trust builds in in how coachable guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, you allow them to play f- uh, fearless. I know in, in Indiana Wesley, right. that was the thing. And yep. uh, you watch those guys play and they're they're not afraid to go make mistakes because they're able to play through things. And uh, you're right. Our, our guys, as they, uh, as they get older, uh, they're allowed a little bit more leeway mm-hmm. uh, because they've earned that a little bit more. Uh, similar to what you were talking about in parenting. Um, your, your kids follow your instruction and uh, they have all the right intentions, understanding that they're going to make mistakes every once in a while and you're going to have to live through that. And, and not that you're, you're not going to coach them through it uh, or pull them to the side and say, hey, this is what you did. Maybe this is what you meant to do, right. uh, but that's not the way it happened. This is maybe the way you should think about it the next time. Right. Um, and, and so your point of like, of so the player you're talking about that uh, played in the state finals and uh, led us in scoring, led us in rebounding as a as a freshman mm-hmm. uh, on the biggest stage um, is one of the guys that uh, wants to be coached. He wants to be held accountable and he wants to do well. Um, so I think when those kind of guys make mistakes, it's not yanking them out of the game at the free throw. It's more when there's a free throw, pulling them over to the side and say, hey. That's not what we do. You, right. you and and then kind of coaching him through that situation, and and it's usually it's like I know, coach. It's not that was that was my fault. It was my mistake. It wasn't what I meant to do. It just kind of happened that way. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a good point. Uh, those guys that have earned your trust um, have a little bit more leeway, and, right. and I think the conversations that you have with them are are different hmm. uh, than than maybe somebody that's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's so good. And I I think, again, that's so important for our parents to know that setting the foundation is so important and that as Mm -hmm. you're able to build trust with your kid, um, being able to pull back Mm -hmm. can be really difficult, right? Mm Because you're handing them the keys to the car, Mm -hmm. right? There's there's moments where um, you're running the play for that Mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. And then maybe that player goes off on a limb on one play and doesn't (laughs) run it exactly right, but he still ends up scoring, right? And it's like, well, I trusted him. He made a play. Yeah. Sometimes they fall on their face and they turn it over and right. then you're going the other way and you're like taking them out, yeah. right? So yeah. it's just, it's the willingness to be able to trust, um, you know, your kids as they, as, as you grow in relationship with them. Uh, I think that's so important. Such a cool, um, you know, just mirror image of that as it uh-huh. comes to coaching. Right. I thought about this. Um, so my wife and I, we, no kids here, but we've got a dog and, uh, you know, we just installed an invisible fence mm-hmm. around our yard. Right. And so to start, you start by placing a ton of flags uh-huh. around the perimeter of the yard. So the dog knows, okay, can't go near the flags. But as he's gotten older, as he's been trained on that, we've started to take the flags uh-huh. out one by one to the point now where there are no flags in the yard. Okay. So you start to understand that they're right. Those absolutes, yep. those are always there, yes. but maybe you don't necessarily enforce them as regularly or as explicitly every right. single time. Yeah. And it sounds like that's the exact that's, same thing you're doing with your players, right? Pretty good analogy. Hmm. Yeah, it is. That's cool. um, the, the guys that have been around and in uh, this year, that's the case for most of them. They, hmm. And so practices look totally different right. than they did at this time last year. Uh, last year was a lot more stopping and correcting and putting people in the right place. And now 
you let them play. Right. Um, not not to say, and I think this is so important uh, because it could go unnoticed. Uh, like you said, the expectations of groundwork is still there. Right. Um, and you let some of those guys play through that stuff, but it still has to be a conversation. Right. It, it can't be ignored. If, if something gets messed up, if they do something wrong, whether they meant to do it or not, you can still have that conversation of, hey, I, I noticed this is what's going on or this is what happened. May not have been what you intended or what you wanted to do. Uh, just want you to understand that that, that the, these are still our expectations. That's right. Um, and but the, this, the consequence isn't as severe. Yeah. Uh, as it would be. Maybe and having early. the discernment as a coach, right, or as a parent to know, well, that may have been a level two mistake. Sure. I'm not going to level ten punish. Yeah. Them, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That's a. That's a, I'm going to yeah. pull them to the yeah. side during yeah. a free maturity. throw. Maturity. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The maturity at home, mm-hmm. on the floor. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, the, the maturity the kids go through, and, and, and ultimately that's where you're trying to get. You're trying to get your kids to grow. You don't want them to be at the same level as a freshman that they were as, or as a senior that they were as a, as a freshman. Uh, you want them to grow. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, it's a great point uh, and, and a great lesson uh, because um, – it, it wasn't that wasn't the way it was computing in my mind, it, but sure. you're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Coach, this has been such an awesome conversation. Any closing thoughts of encouragement or challenges for our parents? You know, I, I think especially today we're uh, all under uh, different circumstances and under a lot of different pressures. And uh, being at the school, uh, you see, your, see the kids every day, well, every other day, mm-hmm. uh, every four days if they're <laughs> in class. <laughs> right. Um, and, and they're so good at school. And But I, I don't think we can forget that uh, they are under a, a lot of pressure and a lot of stress mm-hmm. also. Uh, their schedules have been flipped upside down. Uh, a lot of them, at the high school level at least, are being trusted at home to, to do the right things. And I think we all know uh, kids aren't getting up at, at 7 o'clock in the morning when it's a virtual day to get their day started. Now, there are some, right? Um, but the majority of them are not. And uh, I think this is a, this at this time we just have to pay so much attention to what our kids' schedules are, mm. uh, checking in with them, having really close, intimate conversations with them, uh, just so they know that that uh, we're aware that they may or may not be struggling in anything. Yeah. Um, but I think those conversations are so important to them right now um, because they don't every other day they don't have that hum, human interaction or that. Uh, level of accountability that they would at school. Sure. Uh, so that routine is thrown off a little bit, and I, I think some kids handle it better than others. Um, but I, but I, I know as a teacher and as a coach, you try to. I, I've tried to check on more of them uh, than I have in the past, just knowing that mm. uh, they may be under a little bit more stress than than normal. So, yeah. just encourage parents to really connect uh, mm. because it's it's uh, it's really important right now to uh, allow our kids to understand we're there for them. Yeah. That's great. Coach Osborne, thanks so much for your time, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, that was one of my favorite uh, interviews that we've done on the Family Framework Podcast because I just, I think about how great coaching principles apply to parenting. And there were a few uh, that were in that 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 Mm -hmm. Coach Osborne gave us that I think would be game changers. Yes. Especially for those of you who parent teenagers. As we think about about how do we release a little bit of that control? Remember, we talked mm-hmm. about protecting, then teaching, and turning it to coaching. If we now we never stop protecting in some way. That's right. But 
If that is our number one focus, if we're wrapping our teenager in bubble wrap and sending them out into the world, <laughs> right? Right. They are smothered. They're like, please give me an opportunity to right. earn your trust. Exactly. And if all we do is teach, 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 they eventually say, I don't want to listen to you anymore mm-hmm. because I need to think. Right. But he, he gave us some great, great insight on how we can set it up to be a coach instructor. And the first one that I, I just want to talk about just for a second is he's talked about setting the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's good. not about because I said so as a coach. Right. You know, I, I know uh, for you, you and I were talking about this as, as, as we were just getting ready here is, is it's not about who's in control. Right. It's not about it's control. Not, no, not you know? at all. What we really want to be doing with our kids is is we want to help set a culture mm-hmm. to help them succeed. Exactly. To help our family succeed. That's right. Not so that we look awesome as right. parents. Right. It's not about us. Exactly. We don't have to read the Bible very far to realize Come it was on. never about me in the first place, <laughs> exactly. you know? Right. Uh, and so I love that. And he asked a question, and, and this is a question that I think all of us as parents should ask our kids. And here was the question. He says, give me one thing that you think you need from me mm-hmm. or a teammate or from your family, right? Mm-hmm that would put you in the best situation to be successful. So good. If we could just ask our kids, hey, you're getting older, and I know that you know who we are as a family. You know our absolutes. We, we've been teaching those to you for years. Mm-hmm. As you get to make decisions on your own, what's, what's something you're looking for from me as a parent to help you reach those goals, right. those absolutes? Yeah. So good. And I mean, I really feel like we need to ask those questions early on. I mean, my youngest is six, but I want to be able to go to her and say like, you know, first of all, my six-year-old will tell me what she needs from me. So, (laughs) I mean, she's told me before, like, mommy, like I need more time from you. Like when I was working too much, it was the busy season, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think we had to just remember, it's like they start to grow an awareness of who they are and what their needs are very early on in life. And so just because we're talking to a coach that was coaching teenagers doesn't mean you can't apply that to an elementary age child, you know, and just pray and ask God to show you like, you know, the vulnerability and different things in your child because those are the things that you do need to base those questions on. If you see, okay, this could be an area where in the future could be a problem area. So how can I start these conversations now? And together we can help her get on the right track. You know, if it's her emotions, like with my daughter, you know, there's some emotional struggles there sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? I want to talk this out with her. I don't want to control her and say, because I said so. Right. You know, I don't want to say stop crying, stop overreacting. It's deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So as her mother, I'm also her coach. And so it's not about that control because I truly believe like when you are a good coach as a parent, the plays and the tools and things that you're giving your child will work for themselves to the point where you don't have to overstate the truth that you're trying to teach your child because they'll start to see it work for them. And when they know that you're speaking from a place of love and not control, you will get a better response, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that's so good. And and so it the I think the key for being a good coach is is trust. Right. He talked about that. Mm-hmm. And the ability to give some of the control that you want to hold on to as a parent. Because we it's never hard. want our kids to fail. I know. But to allow 
the kids to take some control. It doesn't mean yes. they get to just run the house. That doesn't right. mean you get to do whatever they want. Coach is still in control. Right, exactly. Coach still gets to determine who plays and who doesn't. Exactly, yeah. But the best coaches trust their team. Right. They've instilled in them the fundamentals mm-hmm. to run the plays. That's right. And to let them make some decisions on their own. Yes. And, and, and as they get older, Mike even talked about giving the player more leeway. Mm-hmm. To maybe run a play a little different or to mm-hmm. to break off the play in the moment mm-hmm. as long as it still sticks to the basic the foundations and the fundamentals that we've talked about. You know, yeah. um, here's the reason we talk about coaching, because the ultimate goal, my ultimate goal as a parent is I don't want to just be my kid's coach. I want when they leave my house to still have a voice in their life. That's right. I want to be their mentor mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. But the only way you ever get to be a mentor as a parent is if your kid chooses you. Yeah. Mentors don't get to choose their mentees. Exactly. Yeah. Mentees choose mentors. That's right. And if all you do is protect your kid, they'll never want to choose you as their mentor because they're tired of being smothered. So good. And if all you do is tell them mm-hmm. what to do right. and they don't feel like they have a chance mm-hmm. to... Do it on their own. Right. They won't choose you as a mentor. Nope. But if we do a great job at going through those roles as a parent from protector to teacher to coach, Mm -hmm. then we set ourselves up to be chosen as mentors to our kids. So good. And that's what I want. Above everything else in life, I want when my kids leave my house, they Mm -hmm. still choose me as their mentor. That's right. And I hope that's what you want as a parent. We we love uh, being a part of this Family Framework podcast. And if there's anything we can do to help you uh, as a parent, uh, just send us an email at patrice.smith at northviewchurch.us or kurt.brodbeck at northviewchurch.us. Um, we're just so thankful you tuned in. And we would love to see you sometime if you don't attend Northview Church. That's right. Come and check us out. We'd check love to be out. a part of it. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining in today. And we will see you next time on the Family Framework podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Family Framework Podcast. If this episode was helpful for you and your family, please take time to review it and share it with others. We will see you next time on the Family Framework Podcast.